Pastor Davis, thank you and welcome. Let's pray together. Our Father, thank you that we get to hear the word of God preached from Acts to us. We pray that the spirit of the living God who lives in us will fall upon us and fix our minds on Jesus, fix our hearts on Jesus, and speak so powerfully to us to change us that we may look like him. We pray for your servant, Ishmael Davis, our father and friend. We pray that your spirit would be poured out upon him, that he may speak out your word to us, what you want us to hear and be transformed by. We pray all these things for your glory and in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. You're doing a lot here. When I come here, I learn a lot. My wife doesn't want me to say this often, but when I come here, I see my inadequacy, <laughs> and I want to blow it up. We are learning from each other, aren't we? But one observation I want to make, when you come to read the word of God, because you want to carry us along, when you mention the scripture, wait for some time, for all of us to gather momentum before we start moving. I've observed here that the moment you mention it, you start reading. It's not a formality. Get us involved. Have I made a point? Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Today, I'm given this scripture. And the topic I try to glean from it is encounter with Christ and response. Encounter with Christ and response. Shall I ask somebody who wasn't, who wasn't paying attention? Teacher for I won't do that. Encounter with Christ and response. I want to read some more por a portion of it. I want to repeat a portion. Um, I want to take it from a part of verse two. It said, twenty Acts of Apostles, chapter twenty, from verse two. Acts 22, 2, following. When they heard him speak, are you there yet? When they heard him speak to them in Aramaic, they became very quiet. Then Paul said, I am a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city under Gamaliel. I was thoroughly trained in the law of our fathers and was just as zealous for God as any of you are today. I persecuted the followers of this way to their death, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison. As also the high priests and all the council can testify. I even obtained letters from them to their brothers in Damascus and went there to bring those people as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. About noon, as I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me. I fell to the ground, and I heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? 
Who are you, Lord? I asked. I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting, he replied. My companions saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. What shall I do, Lord? I asked. Get up, the Lord said, and go to Damascus. There you will be told all that you have been assigned to do. You want to pray. Are there some people here who are uncomfortable with English? Okay. Somewhere along the line, I'll try to speak. Should I speak away or gone? <laughs> Shall we stand, if you wouldn't mind? Let's stand and pray. I come to the garden alone when the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own, and the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever Almighty God, here we are this morning at your feet. Lord Musai, then don't let it be a formality or a ritual. Today hasn't happened before, and it will happen again. Speak to us like never before, like a dying man to dying people. I plead and apply your blood all over this place. And I lift your banner over this building. Jehovah Nisi. Let every power bow. Mighty God, I hide behind the cross and I decree fire from your altar to come and touch my lips. Purify me and flow through me unadulterated. In Jesus' name, Amen. Please sit. God called Jeremiah and he told him in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Eric, before God formed you in your mother's womb, he knew you. 
before you were born, I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. Just like Jeremiah, nobody here is an accident. Nobody is born as an accident. God formed you in your mother's womb. God made you for his own purpose. You are custom made. There is nobody like you. And there will never be anybody like you. If you want to know how God is, how wonderful he is, how miraculous he is, go and stand under a mango tree and try to get two leaves that are the same. You can go anywhere. You can't get two leaves that are the same. So are we. You are custom made. Papa Nyami Shadan Ebo say, Hechi, you don't hear you. But you see, until you submit yourself to the hands of the maker, your value is hidden. Until you give yourself into the hands of your creator, your value is buried. Anytime I see this, I use this as an example. The five loaves of bread and two fish, Jesus fed thousands and had Leftovers. The five loaves of bread were in the hands of the boy with the two fish. As long as they were in the hands of the boy, they remained one meal for one person. But when they got to the hands of the maker and he blessed them, see what I mean? Yes. That's how we are. Are you a Christian? Have you given yourself to Christ? Or you are still being controlled by the usurper, Satan? When I say usurper, you understand. You don't belong to him, but he's forcing himself to control you. Somebody the, 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 who doesn't qualify to be a king, who is forcing himself to be a king, is a usurper. And most of us are being usurped by, by Satan. We think we are okay. Until you get to the hands of the creator, God, you are nobody. You are insignificant. But when you get there, you see, they say, sometimes they say, discovered. The thing is covered, but we discover it, we remove the cover on it, and we see the thing. Until you are discovered by the creator, you can't be what he wants you to be. Saul was very religious, promoting Judaism with zeal, thinking he was serving God. Meanwhile, he was hating Christ because he was chasing and hunting those who were following Christ, the way. Yet he thought he was serving God. You see, no one who denies the Son has the father. 
If you don't have Christ, you don't have God. Period. No one, no one, no one who is denying the Son has the Father. First John chapter 2, verse 23. Any person without Christ, no matter his status, the Bible says they are under Satan's control. If you don't have Christ, you are under Satan's control. You are like a puppet. When you puppet, puppet, in front of a friend, trati, as a friend, koliko. The strings on it. We ain't see how it is. That's how you are in the hands of the devil. Because the Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 19, it says, We know that we are children of God, but all others in the world are under Satan's control. Check it. For lack of knowledge, my children are perishing. Some of us are trying to do what the world is doing. They are of a different master. We are under God's control. We are children of God. And some of us haven't known what it takes to be a child of God and the value of being a child of God. If you know, you'll be a different person. They are under the Satan's control. They are under Satan's control. Saul persecuting Christians to their deaths was fighting God for Satan. He was fighting God for Satan. To Damascus, on Satan's assignment, Jesus blinded him with his brilliance and struck him to the ground. He could have killed him. Do you know God could have killed Saul there? Because he had contributed so dangerously to, 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 to persecuting the children of God. That was God's time. But mercy, the mercy of God prevailed over the justice of God. So you know how to sing it. Justice said no. It was mercy rather that said no. The mercy of God. Most of us would have been killed long ago. Or something very disastrous would have happened to us. But the mercy of God. The mercy of God. So Paul, Saul wasn't killed. He wasn't. He wasn't, but he struck him blind. He got blind. And when he got up, he couldn't see anything. Then came a voice. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Let's go to the scripture. Let's take it from verse 6. About noon, sorry, I'm doing just what I told you you shouldn't do. Are you there yet? 22.6 About noon as I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around. He said about noon. Which means, in my opinion, the sun was on. But this light was brighter than the, 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 the brightness of the sun. That is the bright morning star. That is Jesus Christ in the light. He can come in any form. The bright light. And he got blinded by the light. He fell to the ground. He heard a voice. But the people around him couldn't understand because the voice wasn't for them. 
He heard him. He didn't know the one who was calling. If somebody addresses you and you don't know the one and you are asking, what would you say? Somebody calls you, you don't know the one. You don't see him. What would you say? Aifu, Bakadan. Baka, yes. Evening. Maybe I'm robber. What would you say? You say, who are you? Obvious. You say, who are you? But Saul said, who are you, Lord? What do you make of this? Let's continue. Hallelujah. Who are you, Lord? He, I ask. I am Jesus of Nazareth whom you are persecuting. He replied. My companions saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. What shall I do, another Lord? What shall I do, Lord? I asked. Get up, the Lord said, and go to Damascus. There you will be told all that you have been assigned. What do we say? Saul called Christ. He didn't know before Lord twice. What do we say? What do we make of that? Then he asked, what shall I do, Lord? What shall I do, Lord? To me, it means I repent. I succumb. I surrender. I am ready to do your will. Direct me. Have you come to that in your Christian life? Or you are just a church member? Direct me. A.W. Tozer, some of you who read Tozer's book, had reason to say, millions be begin their religious lives without understanding their moral duty to God. They believe without having first repented. They try to have faith without intending to bring their lives into moral conformity to the will of God. I would say anti-acts of apostles. Anti-acts of apostles. Sadly, today's church is full of such. That is today's church. At least in Ghana. We haven't traveled outside Ghana before. But what I see now is what I'm talking about. Now, source commission in verse 14 and 15. Let's go to 20, 22, 14 and 15. Acts 22, 14 and 15. Saul's commission. Then he said, this is Ananias speaking, the God of our fathers has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear words from his mouth. You will be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. Then he said, the God of our fathers has chosen you to know his will and see the righteous one and to hear words from his mouth. You will be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. This is Paul's commission. 
And I am pretty sure it parallels the great commission God has given us. They look similar, don't they? Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. He said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make all nations my disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them all that I have commanded you. Teaching them, not only teaching teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That is the commission. That is the church's commission. But what do we see? A big brother in Christ said, the great commission is now the great omission in the church. The great commission is now the great omission in the church. And it is true. The church of today doesn't bother much about winning souls for the Lord. What do we see today? What is happening today? Now Christianity is more about getting wealth, health, and fame. Period. Wealth, health, fame. That's okay. Christianity. Here they don't speak to you, so I won't speak to you. God has become a benevolent. Just given. God do, then he does. God do, then he does. God do, then he does. And we call this Christianity. I don't know. In John's Gospel, chapter 15, verse 16, he said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruits. Fruits that will remain. Fruits that will last. Then, ask whatever you want from the Father. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. When you are, you are, you are bearing fruits, fruits that will remain, the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Sometimes we pray and shout. They don't go anywhere. Because me, I have come to believe that to every blessing there is a condition. God says, do this. This is your portion. You do it, I do my portion. You don't do your portion. Then you go to God, you say, God, do your portion. We are not cheats, are we? So you see, God chose us to go and bear fruit. Spiritual fruit. Fruit, fruit. When you say fruit, it cuts across. Your life is fruit. It's a fruit. It's not a fruit. It's fruit. That one, they didn't say fruit. When you go to Galatians chapter 5, it says, fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, long-suffering. Together is the fruit. Maybe they are the seeds. I don't know. That's spiritual. But fruit... When a tree grows and it matures, it bears fruit. It produces its kind. And I think that is evangelism. When you bear fruit, ask the Father anything in Jesus' name and he will do it. You see why we are missing a lot? We pray a lot, we get very little. Now the Jews were ready to lynch Saul. 
given the opportunity to defend himself, he rather told them his life testimony. They want to kill me. Then they caught me. They took me. Oh, Mama, sir. I, could, I would have defended myself. But he didn't do that. He told his life testimony. The time he didn't know Christ, when he encountered Christ, and what happened after knowing Christ. That is testimony. That is life testimony. That is his life before Christ, the time he met Christ, the life after Christ. A powerful witnessing tool. Life testimony. Life testimony. Life testimony. Do you remember the Samaritan woman? The Samaritan woman at the, at the well, Jacob's well, in, in, near the village Sychar, when, he met, when she met Christ, what happened? This woman ran back to the town and told her story. Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? He didn't say the Christ. You come and see a man who told me all I ever did, everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? You go and verify. Told them her testimony. And they ran to the place. It's a two. I remember when we started Full Gospels Businessman Fellowship in Obuasi. Obuasi is a village, eh? So at, at Obuasi. And they started it in my sitting room. And it went out. We went to start some Adunko. We went to Bekwai and all that. And we were giving our testimonies. We weren't preaching, just testimonies. And many people, many, many people in town who didn't care about Christ were giving their lives to Christ because they saw what God was doing in our lives. And God was following us with signs and wonders. I remember one doctor who joined us, a big doctor, uh, your doctor, Dr. Matam. Then one day we were at meeting, then he, she, he, he rushed to the place holding his jaw like this. Mm, mm, mm. I said, doctor, what is it? He said, my teeth, and you see, the, the whole of my jaw, I can't even breathe. Uh, Brother Davis, come and pray for me. I said, doctor, me, I'm a teacher. <laughs> I was teaching at school. You were a medical doctor. You have your own big hospital. Common caca. <laughs> he said, Brother Davis, this is no joke. Please. He couldn't even speak. The whole place was like this. Then I took him to a corner. Then I called another brother to come and help. We didn't pray for even two minutes. Then the thing stopped. They said, Doctor. I said, you see, this is not book long. <laughs> you see what God can do? And the man stayed in Christ and became president of Full Gospel Businessman Fellowship in Obwasi. And he died just recently and went to the Lord. Personal testimony. Personal testimony. Don't you have a story to tell? Have you met Christ? If you have, is there no change in you? No attractiveness? No story to tell? You think you have no story to tell? Then maybe you have been compromising. Where you don't need to pay bribe to see the glory of God, you pay bribe so you don't see any miracle. No story to tell. We have a story to tell. We have a testimony to give. 
And I always say that if some big philosophy should, should come and speak so much so that the Bible will look nonsense for want of a better word. He will come and cancel everything in the word of God. He cannot cancel my testimony. He cannot cancel what is in my heart. He cannot cancel my experience with God. Which has proved his word. Which has authenticated his word. You haven't suffered from asthma before. I was so... I was such an asthmatic patient. If it came, I couldn't walk from here to here without sitting down. One day I told God, you have healed all my sicknesses because I know you heal diseases. I've been preaching to students and I've told them that you can do everything. Sometimes when somebody is ill, they will carry him to my sitting room and you heal that person. Me, my asthma, you say you will heal. If you don't heal me, if you allow the asthma to come and you don't heal me, I will die in this room and the students will know that you are a liar. Not even one week, the asthma came full scale. I sat down in my sitting room. I couldn't breathe. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody in the house saw I was dying. The drug was lying down. I don't say you should try. <laughs> I was dying. And when I'm ill, you don't look at me. I don't want, let's go to hospital. Uh, I don't like it. So every, people will look at me and they, they will be passing. They all pass. It got to 9 p.m. The asthma wasn't stopping. And the drug was there. They all went to the room. Then I called my, my niece, uh, my nephew. He's now in the U.S. Abeku, you take this chair to the bedroom. I'm going to sit down there and die comfortably. And God will know I've disgraced him. And here is the past question be IFO. Because it has passed, it looked very, very easy because you are just listening it. But if it was happening to you, then he took the chair inside. I went to sit down. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know what happened. I, 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 I got, I, I got, I fell into it. I didn't see anything again until dawn. Then when I got up, I was singing, Kate Green's The Lord is My Shepherd. I said, hey! Because I, I lost some hours. In the afternoon, I didn't have lunch. The food was sitting down. Supper too was sitting down, and I was terribly hungry. So I sneaked to the kitchen, added the two, <laughs> and made justice to it. I washed my mouth. I came back and slept in the bed. When my wife got up, she, she thought I was dead. She looked at me, I looked at her, then she left. Then I had I heard commotion, commotion in the kitchen. Why not the acronym Benny? Who had the food? I did. Then I came. I said, I ate the food. That ended the case. From that time, more than 35 years ago, the asthma has never come. Christianity isn't health, wealth, and fame. But God brings miracles to authenticate his word. The students know God heals. The students feared me for something. But how should you allow me to die like that? Don't you have a story to tell? You have no story. A boy came to our school, a man, a young man, the school I was attending as a student. There I got converted. 
After a year, not barely two years, when I got converted, this boy came to the school. He came to learn and write some exam. It was higher than where I had been before. Not knowing he was monitoring me. Then after some time, he came to my room. Then he said, are you not the Davis who went to Mampon Technical Teachers Institute? I said, I am. I said, ah. When I went there, even though you had left, I heard a lot of things about you. I said, yes, I'm a he goat. <laughs> Wherever I pass, I leave some sense. But he said, ah, but you have changed drastically. You are not like before. You are calm this time. I learned you were not even going to prep. But you are so studious. I learned you trained with the boys when they were going to play football. They gave you the JC, you threw them. But, but here you are active here. Pray. I mean, what happened? Then I said, listen. Circled by a heavy burden. Need the life of sin and shame. Then the hand of Jesus touched me. And now I'm no longer the same. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. And oh, the joy that floods my soul—something just happened, and now I know Jesus touched me and made me whole. He touched me. Oh, he touched me, and oh, the joy that floods my soul, something just happened, and now I know. Then he said, if this Jesus can make you what I see, then I'll also give my life to him to change it. Then he gave his life to Christ. I just told him what I was and how I met Christ and the difference he has made in my life. And because he knew me before, how do people know you? Know you? In your neighborhood, do they know you as a changed person? Or you are like before? Nobody is born a Christian. Nobody. Even the best of Adam's race. You must know that you are born a sinner. You have lived in sin, sin squared. Then you know that you need a savior, somebody to forgive you your sins. Not only a savior, to be your Lord and make you live a new life. A life that will lead you to eternity. Are you a Christian? Do you have a story to tell? Saul the murderer, by accepting Christ, became an evangelist, an apostle. 
He lived all his life for Christ and fulfilled his calling. Forsaking all other things, even legitimate things, for knowing Christ, he called them garbage, refuse. Legitimate things. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about degrees and good things. Family affiliation. Being a Jew, knowing Christ surpassed all. He focused on the master's bidding. He suffered many persecutions. In all that, even when chained in, 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 a, in, a, in a dungeon, cold dungeon of a prison in Rome, waiting for, I mean, waiting to be martyred by Emperor Nero. Was he Nero? I think so. Tradition says that. He had the occasion to encourage the church. He was encouraging them. I am praying that by studying the acts of apostles, you will be revived to act like the apostles. Not for knowledge's sake. In conclusion, let's listen to Paul at the end of his journey in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 to 8. 2 Timothy chapter 4, 6 to 8. 2 Timothy chapter 4, 6 to 8. For I'm already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. To all who are living in expectancy of the coming of Christ. They will be awarded. Shall we stand and pray? Captain of Israel's host and guide of all who seek the land Shadowy abide the cloud of thy protecting our strength, thy grace, our rule, thy way,
is just one sentence. I want you to react to it. You can pray about it. You can repent. You can confess whatever the Spirit is telling you. Even as we are studying the acts of the Holy Spirit. Let him convict you and convince you. Tell God, I don't want this day to be a formality. Make a difference in my life. Tell him to revive you. To act like the apostles of the acts. God must revive his people. You're supposed to be the light of the world. The world is in darkness. Sometimes when I'm meditating, I see Ghana as dark as never. We are the light of the world and we are not shining. We are the salt of the world. The rotten world needs salt. Paul followed his master, followed his command. Even when he was 30 years old in Christ, he said, that I may know him. He was stretching towards the mark. He died a martyr. He was killed with a sword. And he didn't care. At a point he said, whether I live or I die, I am for the Lord. I don't know. Sometimes I want to die and go. But sometimes I want to stay because of you. I'm confused. Are we living up to God's expectation? Or we want, we want just to enjoy Christianity? Father, thank you so much for your word. I pray that your word will transform us to what you want us to be. In Jesus' name.